Good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here with the late Patty Fink. Uh, Laurent has today off. He's over at the Arboretum at an Easter egg hunt with his daughter. And our guest is Steve Atkinson, <laughs> who is just back from a protest at the Arboretum. Yes. Uh, where they don't want trans employees hunting for eggs or something like that. Uh, we've talked about this case before. Shelley Skeen from uh, Lambda League was on speaking about the case a little bit. Um, but Steve has been organizing protests at the Arboretum about this case. Steve, um, first of all, the main discussion yesterday among protesters was as activists age, so do our bladders. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> It's always a problem for me to stand out there for two hours and not have a restroom break. And none of us are, uh, you, you can't get into the bathrooms at the Arboretum unless you're a member because the bathrooms are past the entrance gate. And uh, if any of us who are there at the protest would have been members, we would have already canceled our membership because <laughs> right. we want people to do that now in protest. So, so we're so, in trouble. So recap the case. Yeah, so the case is um, one that if you read the, the filing, which is available actually on the Lambda legal website, the EEOC complaint that was filed by the, the employee who was terminated, uh, it's really disturbing because it seems very clear to me that um, the, the, what she alleges um, is actually true, and that is that she essentially was terminated because of um, beginning to things like beginning to use her pronouns, uh, in her, putting that in her email signature, wearing a pen that said they, them. She goes by both they, them and she, her pronouns. Um, and uh, she was an employee who had a glowing uh, employment record. Her personnel file was impeccable. She had good reviews. Had uh, actually grown programs. Yes, had grown programs successfully. Like, that was totally her charge. Uh, like she, the children's garden. Yes. And, and, and she increased attendance and, and, and the programming. and had She was bringing in people who hadn't normally gone to the right. One of the uh, programs that she created was uh, uh, for the Muslim community. Yes. That's an interesting group that, you know, thinking, I mean, why wouldn't they want to come to the Arboretum? Yeah. But it took a program like that to invite them in. Right. And, you know, the employee, and, and I have spoken with the employee, um, she's remaining co uh, confidential uh, for now, and I don't know if or when that will change, but um, when I spoke to the employee, it, it becomes even more disturbing to hear uh, more details about the culture there, the workplace. And it seems clear to me from talking to that employee, and I've also talked with some employees here, people of color there, who have shared things with me. Uh, it's not a friendly um, work environment for people of color either, in all cases. And um, there are people of color there, just like there are LGBTQ employees who are current or former ones there, um, who just uh, have multiple uh, accounts of it not being an inclusive, welcoming environment that values diversity, uh, that values anything uh, outside of what uh, they call the uh, terminated employee in, in the complaint. One of the things you can read there is that um, when she was called into a meeting, uh, she was told that the use of pronouns and all that didn't need to happen because it was making some of their donors uncomfortable and that the Arboretum was, quote, a conservative institution, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Um, but, you know, just, and, and you know, it, it's worth saying, we haven't said it yet today in this conversation, but the Arboretum is on land owned by the city. So we, the taxpayers of the city, own that land. It was started, though, as a city park. Yes. Yes. And it was once they spun off Fair Park and spun off the zoo to be their own 501c3 nonprofit entity, right. entities that they decided the Arboretum would, you know, fits into that category, too. It's an easier way for them to do their own fundraising. Yep. Uh, and, this, and management. And management. The city doesn't know what to do with hippos, <laughs> uh, but the zoo does. Let them right. do it and let them do it well. And they do. And they welcome the LGBT community. Yeah, right. Yes. And Fair Park, you know, managing old buildings is, you know, that's a Valletta thing. Valletta was on <laughs> with us last week talking about how they're preserving and 
you know, but they're given their free will and free reign to do it. And gay people are allowed to come to Fair Park. And, and trans people. And, they and we have Pride on. there now. It's the mm -hmm. location of right. the Pride celebration now. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, so many of us, uh, like my friends David and Patty in the room with me now, and many others that we're all friends with, you know, we're sort of old school activists. We've fought these battles literally for decades. And fortunately, we have been at a place in Dallas where we don't have to fight this kind of stuff being openly, blatantly done in our city very often anymore. Um, because of all the work that's been done. We have a citywide ordinance that we, the, the first comprehensive version of that, that really, really was the full comprehensive one we passed 20 years ago, right, Patty? May 8th, 2002. Yep. So 20 years later, well, at an institution we <laughs> on city land that gets some city cash funding too, by the way, in addition to being on city land, and we have this problem. And, and you know, it's, you know, I sort of jokingly have said, you know, the LGBTQ community is not going to let this stand. Like, the end of this will be it gets fixed. We're, there's no formula whereby we're going to back down on this until we know that, that, is, that it's fixed at that institution. It may be a long haul. It may be a long battle. But I don't have any plans of us backing down, and I don't think anybody else does either. Well, you know what's really striking to me is that we've worked so hard, and we've, we've come further than many, many major metropolitan cities. We're the ninth largest in the country, but we have amazing things that we fought hard for, and we won support on the city council, from the city manager, and from the people of the city right. of Dallas. For example, updating the charter language for non-discrimination went from basically race, sex, creed, and uh, religion, and political affiliation to an explosive list that includes veterans, genetic characteristics, all kinds of things, including sexual orientation and gender identity. But the, the people of Dallas voted 77% to ch make that change, and so we propagated that through all the stuff. We have... We have WPATH-driven trans health care benefits right. at the city of Dallas. So this, this kind of crap, frankly, from an institution on city land is anachronistic, for one. And here we are yeah, in the 2022. Charter change, the charter change, what I find impressive about it, it wasn't just that 77%, because you can have some precincts that are voting heavy. It passed in all but three precincts across the entire city. That's what I think we need to be really proud of. Yes. Yeah. So to call the Arboretum a conservative organization, well, it's conservative, and I hope they're conservative with their money <laughs> and you know, that kind of management. But it's an everybody organization. It's right. one of those places that... I used to take people to when somebody was in from out of town. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's so pretty. It, it's so much not what you think of Dallas or Texas as looking like. And you plants know. don't really care. You, you know, the, the commercial says shingles doesn't care. <laughs> um, the plants don't. The plants and the trees and the flowers don't care right. who's tending to them. And since when is a public institution supposed to be? conservative or liberal or anything else, right? I mean, I, the, the ones David mentioned, you know, the zoo, the fair park, city parks. Right. I mean, are, those aren't conservative or liberal. Those are public things for everybody. Right? Okay, so my, my two favorite animals at the zoo are boy polo and adamha, <laughs> uh, the, the hippos. People think I'm a little crazy because I know the animals at the zoo by name. <laughs> oh, but David, that's not, that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, are they Republican? I never thought to ask them. Right. <laughs> There's also some some pairs of animals at the zoo that are pretty clearly gay. Yeah, yeah, there are. <laughs> in all of nature. We right? do have a couple of penguins, but um, <laughs> you know, okay. So when we're protesting, is it enough to just protest? Um, when we protested the Vietnam War. And yes, I go back that far, Penny. <laughs> oh, I um, know you do. <laughs> we were talking about that before the show. It was interesting that when it affected us, we went out and protested. I was going to school in Albany, New York. We'd march on the Capitol. Um, 
But my freshman year was the year that, first of all, they did away with student deferments while the protests ramped up. And then they did away with the draft later that year or the beginning of the next year. Um, the protest died, and that was the end of the anti-Vietnam protesting. Uh, basically, there were still scattered protests. One thing that we didn't do, we marched on the Capitol, but that was it. You know, hundreds, maybe thousands of people at some protests protested. And you know it got on the news, and so the message got across. But is that enough anymore? Well, I think that's a good question. I don't think I, I think the protests part of this work with the Arab Raiderment or anything that would be similar to this is important, but it's not enough. Um, there are other things we're doing behind the scenes, and that's going to be ramping up even more. But it you know involves things, and it's going to more visibly, outwardly involve things like putting beginning to put pressure on the board members of the Arab Raidum, uh, beginning to put pressure sit on uh, appropriate players at City Hall. Because this, you know, there's it links in with, you know, right now, sort of, we kind of tell, oh well, you know, the park board's going to address this, and then we'll see what happens. And you know, it's all this, you know, wait, 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 and more wait stuff, you know. And the Arboretum's official uh, answer to us um, is, well, we can't talk about anything, can't make any comments because we have a pending lawsuit. And we say, well, we we know there's a pending lawsuit. We're not asking you to comment on the pending lawsuit. We're asking you to comment on the workplace there and the culture and what you're doing to ensure that these problems aren't happening because it seems clear that they are happening and we want to hear what's the plan, what are the changes, what person, what are you going to change in your written policies and your training for employees, what's what's happening, what's being done and they won't even talk to us about it. Well that. you're assuming there's a plan and the changes are well, coming. Right. Well, that, and that's what we're demanding. So we, we want, if there's not a plan yet, we want it. And we want to hear what it is. We want it to be made public. Um, Don't you think that the board members' main concern shouldn't be their large conservative so-called uh, donors, but should be, how, how does it look when our guests arrive and our members, because the protests were outside the member entrance gate, right. uh, when our members arrive, and there are protesters here. Yeah, you would think that that way. And I hope that, I, you know, to, to be honest, I hope that that does begin to bother them. I, I bet that they, there are ones that would think that, that this will die down. That will, well, we've been there three times. They're not going to keep coming forever. Well, no, our plan right now is every other week, indefinitely. And I don't want that to change. And that, the, the other stuff I mentioned a minute ago is going to become even a bigger part of it as we're able to... Uh, as we move forward with some of the stuff we're going to be doing about the board and city hall and city attorney's office and all of all that. But I don't want the protest to end until it's fixed. I agree. I agree. I wasn't able to be there yesterday, but in Patty previous was running weeks, a little bit late. <laughs> She'll be there next time. I will be there next time, actually. Um, but the, the response from just people driving by... Yes. You know, the honking and support and the cheers out the windows. And one of the things I love about being out there is all the dogs sticking their heads out the yes. window. Um, but it's it's a fantastic response from passersby. Yeah. So hopefully that will translate into, you know, representative number of honks might be representative number of members entering and leaving. Yeah. No, I, I hope so. And. Um, you know, if you if you enter the entrance gates while we're there protesting, you can't not see us. Right. That's not an option. You unless you're a, a person who's legally blind. Well, you're going you're going to see us there with the signs. There were a right. couple of people who stopped, and one said something like, "You mean they're discriminating against their own employees?" <laughs> right. We were like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Barely you know, so. Why are they doing that? And, I mean, they were in the car and turning into the Arboretum, so couldn't have this long conversation, but message was received. There were several people who were coming from the other parking lot that's further north mm -hmm. uh, east. Um, and so they were walking by the protest, and they stopped to talk. Steve even said, I think they're gay. <laughs> There's two guys that are walking down the sidewalk holding hands. His gaydar is impeccable. It's impeccable, yeah. right? <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, 
what do you hope comes from those people who stopped? I mean, for everyone who stopped and actually interacted, you know five others got the message. Right. Well, and I hope that, you know, it, the, just the visibility of us being there, I hope, is going to feed into the ultimate solution and this situation ultimately getting fixed. And one way I think that can happen is, you know, if people see us there at the protest, uh, and then that's in their mind, even if they didn't know anything about it and hadn't read the, any of the press that had covered it before, the next time it's in the press, and it will be again, um, those people are probably going to pay more attention to it. They're going to go, oh, yeah, those oh, protesters that were there, we, I saw them, yeah, I know, I heard about that. <laughs> and here it is in the paper again, or on the news, or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, I do, I, I want us to, um, to get more press coverage. Um, one of the things that Dave and I were talking about earlier is um, we've been told, uh, I've been told directly that um, there is a definite expectation that there will be more complaints filed with the EEOC soon by people of color who are current and or former employees. Uh, and in some of those conversations I've had uh, with the people who've told me about that, it seems very clear to me that it's the culture, the workplace there at the Arboretum is one that is, can be and has been hostile towards not just LGBTQ people, but people of color. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, I've gotten employees who've come up to me knowing that I'm the one that's kind of been organizing and working on all this. The rabble and, and they say to me things like where the unspoke, what, what's unspoken is very clear when they look me in the eye and they say, thank you so much for being here, right? And I get what they're saying. Mm -hmm. They don't have to say anymore, mm -hmm. right? It's clear to me. So I, I believe, without a doubt, I firmly believe that the problem we're addressing is there. I don't think it's maybe. I don't think it's a couple of disgruntled employees. I think it's been cultured there. It's a part of the workplace environment. Uh, it's been th that way a long time. And it absolutely has to change. It's astounding to me it didn't come out sooner. Yeah, you know? no kidding, no kidding. But it's out now. And it's, we're going to hopefully be able to get copies of new complaints that are filed eventually. Uh, we're expecting, from what we've heard, that some of those may be fairly soon. We don't know. Um, but but I, I think that you know, once the more information we get that backs up the case and the concerns, then that will help us move forward with the pressure on the board, the pressure on city hall, city attorney's office, uh, you know, all of the above. So You know, it doesn't surprise me. You say you're surprised that this hasn't come up before. I would say that there are probably ten other good cases that, that have happened there mm -hmm. in the past. But it's difficult to file an EEOC <coughs> yeah. complaint. You have to file an EEOC complaint. EEOC, it's very specific forms, and uh, very often you have to do it with an attorney, which means you have to either find somebody to do it pro bono or you have to have money to do it um, and know what you're doing. Then after that, when they approve the lawsuit, then you can first file your lawsuit. Again, more attorneys, more... Uh, more knowing what you're doing. And every case might not, you know, of those, I'm saying 10, who knows how many other cases there have been, some might not have been as strong. I'm not saying that the discrimination wasn't there, but some just might not have been as strong. So it, it doesn't and, surprise me. And Texas is an at-will state. Yeah. So it's really um, incumbent upon the employee to instigate something some sort of action, because people can just say, I'm letting you go, and not even tell you a reason. Right. right. <coughs> You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink, and our guest is Steve Atkinson, agitator. <laughs> <laughs> I like that title. <laughs> Hi, this is Patty Fink, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. That was the late Patty Fink doing her spot announcement on time, I guess. Yes. Um, our guest is Steve Atkinson. He's been uh, leading some protests at the Arboretum, uh, and uh, it has to do with a case of a former employee who was fired 
a, a former trans employee who was fired um, for a number of reasons that included things like using pronouns on their uh, emails. And when the Arboretum did away with using pronouns on the Email email, yeah. uh, they didn't do away with using Bible quotes. Yeah. So it wasn't that they were doing away with uh, with all anything other than name, address, phone number. They were just targeting. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of the things I think is very um, telling and so consistent now over the last twenty years of complaints over through the city of Dallas non-discrimination ordinance from chapter 46 that applies to visitors and residents and people who work within the city of Dallas but not city employees um, is that when we, we look at those, I did it with Valletta when she was on council and then since we looked at case by case and to a person people didn't want their jobs back, they wanted an apology and they wanted a policy change so it would never happen to anybody else that's what people really want. Yeah. And I think that's that's um, at play here as well. Um, the the Dallas Arboretum owes those employees a, an apology Absolutely. and a sincere apology. Absolutely. And a, and a change in policy so it doesn't keep happening. And I, I think a lot of people would be, um, say, job well done then if, if we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's what's appalling to me is that this is a an organization that is under contract with the city of Dallas, and non discrimination is in their contract. So they're they're not just just um, appalling to us as a community; they're violating their contract. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which should really. You know, light a fire under people at City Hall. Like, they're not abiding by a contract with the city of Dallas. Well, it shouldn't it light a fire under their board? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't know uh, any real details about the workings of the board, like as far as how, um, you know, some boards, you know, board meetings are no, basically nothing more than a nice lunch, and you get some little updates and reports from the CEO and, and we need to vote on such and such. So. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I don't know if that's more the way this board operates, um, or if it's you know a board that gets more into the meat and the weeds and you know here's more Literally. details and right right yeah the weeds <laughs> or, or the lack thereof weeds I guess. Um, but regardless of how the board typically operates and the level of detail they typically get into or don't. They should be concerned, and they shouldn't even want their name affiliated with an organization that has this kind of a problem that's if it doesn't get fixed. And, you know, that's, you know, again, like that's something that we're, we are demanding and wanting. We want to hear now, not, you know, the lawsuit could take a year to file through, you know, the lawsuits don't move quickly, right? None of us know how long that lawsuit will take to, to ultimately be settled or go to court or whatever the end result is. They're not going to, they don't get to say for a year or longer, we can't talk, sorry, lawsuit. And that's what they're going to try to do, but th- that is not acceptable. We're not going to let that happen. It's, they're not going to coast by for a year because they can default to saying, we have a pending lawsuit. Well, the, I was going to say, board members have a fiduciary responsibility, no matter how the board actually operates. This is a lawsuit where they're claiming financial uh, responsibility uh, for the plaintiff's losses. Uh, I would think that they'd want to know, okay, what's this about? Tell us. It, It is possible they had a board meeting and it was explained away as, oh, it was a disgruntled employee and uh, the employee was disciplined several times and we just couldn't work with her. So, you know, that's why I'm asking, don't we need to be engaging these board members and, you know, oh, that's not what happened. And that's a large board. It is a large board, yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot of recognizable names on it. I mean, those of us in this room know a couple of them at least. Uh Um, And, um, 
you know, I I won't say more about a couple of conversations I've had with board members, but I get the feeling from a couple of board members that I have spoken to, even though they won't give me any official comment, but I get the feeling that they want resolution to this. I, I don't get the feeling from them that they're indifferent or that they're in denial, but I'm just, that, I, that's my gut feeling. They've not made any official statements to me other than they can't really make a statement to me because the, as board members they've been instructed they shouldn't because of the pending lawsuit, right? That's all they'll say. But it, at the same time, I think um, if it were simply an LGBTQ plus case, um, I mean, that's de rigueur these days. I mean, just days ago, the state of Alabama passed a package of virulently anti-LGBTQ plus bills. Um, I mean, it's, it's like all the rage these days for conservative organizations and institutions to lash out at queer people mm-hmm. for for no reason, and we can talk. That's a whole other conversation. But um, the fact that it's not just the queer people at the arboretum, right. there are people of color and uh, who have experienced bad situations there, um, and either one by itself is doesn't speak well for them. But the two together kind of really says this culture is toxic. Exactly, exactly. And and it, you know, I would think that that culture existing that doesn't come up overnight, right? It's probably been institutionalized in essence over a period of a lot of years. And the current CEO uh, has been—I forget if it's twenty-four or twenty-six years—it's been in the role for more than twenty years, right? And ultimately, with any organization, the buck stops at the top, right? Right. And that CEO, on her watch, it seems clear to me, as I've said, that that it's a problem. Uh, just like Patty just said, it's not just a problem about LGBTQ people; it's about people of color also. And if you if you read the complaint um, filed with the EEOC by the employee that was, has been terminated, that's the one I, I said at the beginning is available on the Lambda Legal website. Um, it's, of course, redacted, so the employee remains anonymous. But um, it, it, what you touched on a minute ago, Patty, is clear in, in what the employee shares or, or states in that um, complaint. It seems that they just really were on a mission to root out this trans employee and get that employee off of the staff, right? Um, like David mentioned, the thing about the pronoun use and the email signature and and uh, she was told that she had to stop doing that, and other employees had to stop, who had begun to do that had to stop. But as David mentioned, it also states that people, after, and they put out some communication to all employees that their email signature needed to just be the basic signature info, period. So they put that out, but then they didn't enforce it. On, and so the employees stopped else. using their pronouns, but then people kept having Bible verses and quotes and other things as part of their email signature. So they, they, weren't, they didn't enforce it uniformly. They selectively enforced it, right? And they, they also, uh, another thing that's in the complaint is uh, that the employee was like written up for being late to a meeting that she didn't even know, she had not even been told by her new supervisor she needed to attend this meeting. And that was, and she was written up, and it was put in her personal file that she missed a meeting that she didn't, literally, did not know she was supposed to be required to attend. And then another thing that's in it is that uh, she was told a head wrap that they wore um, was against the dress code, a head wrap. So, which makes me immediately think, well, so I guess I, they must not have any Muslim women that want to wear head coverings. I guess I guess, you know, right? Or, or they would, I, they probably would say, well, unless it's a, they would. Say, oh, well, if it's a religiously, you know, required head covering, of course. But why, why would that Arboretum have a damn dress code that says a woman can't wear a wrap on her head? Why is that even a thing, right? Like, What so, if she's a cancer survivor? Exactly. And, she, and it, the complaint also says that she needed it because of sun sensitivity because of a medical condition. Wow. Mm. And that's that's not uncommon at all. No. That's pervasive in our society. Right. Men and women. You know, it's the it's one of the reasons a lot of men wear a hat. And you're gonna tell a, a bald man he can't wear a hat when he's working out in the sun eight hours a right. day. Right, right. 
You know, that's insane. They don't employ bald men. <laughs> <laughs> no, bald men and no one who burns easily may work at the Arbor. <laughs> Have you ever been discriminated against yourself, Steve? Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. And I, I think the answer is essentially no. Uh, and I fully recognize that, you know, even though I'm a gay guy, that I have white privilege. That is a real thing. It's a real thing even for you know, gay people. Um, and I, so I haven't suffered the discrimination openly or blatantly that other people have. Um, there were some scary things that happened to me in my earliest days of activism when I was very visible and when the Dallas was not as overall okay with in-your-face gay activism. And I and others had scary things directed at us, including death threats. Mm -hmm. That was a real thing. Um, so I, I, I guess that's not exactly discrimination, but it's pretty damn scary when somebody's telling <laughs> you they want to kill you. We used to get death threats here at the station. <laughs> it got cut off one day when I said, well, thank you for calling KNON. Uh, we just installed uh, caller ID, and I will be reporting you. <laughs> Great. That's good. Yeah, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I've, I've never faced discrimination in, you know, employment or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, Have you, Patty? Um, I, I think to some degree, uh, yes, in job searching, I had everybody, you're supposed to tailor your resume to the job you're applying for. And um, some of them I included my LGBTQ activism on. Others I did not. Um, never got a call back on job openings um, where I included that on my resume, all my LGBTQ activism. So I have one funny story. Back in the 80s, I was working for this company uh, that was a Christian company, and it was Rosh Hashanah. I was taking off, and the reaction I got was, oh, you Jews get so many holidays. So many holidays? Yeah. So, um, do we not forget that the United States government recognizes Christmas Eve and Christmas Day as federal holidays? It's different. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, the Jewish community back in the 80s had this wonderful volunteer program on Christmas. And um, we would volunteer in different places to replace employees uh, so that they could take the day off if they wanted to in jobs that were you know, necessary. So I was volunteering uh, in Parkland's emergency room that year, which was horrifying. Uh, but it wasn't to replace doctors, obviously, but it was to replace an orderly or the person. Uh, what I was doing was checking people in, asking them what was wrong so that they could triage them. Um, and I did that for the day. But when... Uh, on Christmas Eve, everybody was uh, was asking, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, what are you doing for Christmas? Uh, they kind of looked at me, so what are you doing for Christmas? I said, volunteering in Parkland's emergency room for the day. And they kind of looked at me, jaws dropped. I never heard from them again, oh, you mm -mm, Jews get so many vacations. Um, What's well, unfair to me, it, honestly, that that you would have to burn a vacation day. To, cel to celebrate right. a religious holiday, while others, if they happen to be of a specific religion, don't have to. Right. You know? I mean, the stock market was closed on Friday, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the stock market. <laughs> you know, Patty, when you were saying uh, what you said about your resume and all that, it made me think that, you know, as I answered David's question, you know, I said I haven't really ever faced something like job discrimination per se, but... But I, when you were sharing your, that story, I thought, you know, I, I've also never really been, my working career has essentially all been in real estate in one capacity or another since I got out of college. And um, so I've never really been in the job market in that mm -hmm. way where I would have to make that decision about how much I put of uh -huh. my volunteer activism stuff on right. a resume or not. But, I, I, but I, I bet it wouldn't have been an asset to getting a job in a lot of cases, right? Right. I mean, and that's probably true for lots of people. Um, and, you know, we all know people, right, who, I mean, we could all, all of us could tell story after story after story of people who have had blatant discrimination in the workplace based on their sexual orientation or gender identity and, and in healthcare and in everything, you know? I mean, hotel accommodations, renting an apartment. I mean, it's, 
it's it's just it's it okay so happens. another funny story oh, absolutely does first happen. job i had out of college i was working for this financial company in albany new york one of the most liberal cities in the country uh being out at the time you know people always say to me oh it must have been so hard to come out in the 70s well no not really uh, i went to the school harvey milk graduated from so you know no they, they had experience anyway so there was some gay something that was going on and uh one of the tv stations was at it interviewed me and my name david taffet lesbian was on the screen <laughs> <laughs> the next day at work i saw the manager of the office walk by my office and look in walk by my office look in walk by my office again look in Finally, he had the courage to come and talk to me, and uh, he said, did I see you on the news yesterday? And I said, oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> so he said, well, what about, what if any of our clients, you know, if that bothers any of them? And I said, you know what? Name somebody who was on the news, who was interviewed, and gave them two sentences on the air. What was his name? He said, I don't know. I said, exactly. Nobody's going to remember my name after <laughs> tomorrow. If, I said, if you like, I won't contact any of our customers for the next day or two, and I'll be completely out of it. And he said, hmm, yeah, that works. So, <laughs> it wasn't a discrimination story, really, but it was like a, an oh-my-God story. Uh, well, and, I've, and those happen to people at work. Yeah. I've, you know, at the, in the workplace, I have been so out. It's, um, it's difficult for me to envision them one not knowing that i'm an out lesbian um but um i i do so like like today i wear a, a lanyard and i have the lapel pin that's the rainbow flag with the city of dallas seal on it like the flag we fly at the at city hall plaza mm -hmm. during the month of june um and that was from the lgbt task force the city of dallas and i wear that on my lanyard and it's been amazing to me how many employees where I work have come up and said, I love your pen, <laughs> and they come out to me. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I, I find it kind of, uh, I mean, I have enormous privilege being a, a, a white woman as I am. Um, uh, but, but I also think I put myself out there, whereas if they, if they came for me <laughs> on, on queerness, they might know they're going to get a fight. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe it's, you know what I mean? Like there was a, a little bit yeah. of that going on too. So Not just a white woman, but a late white woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink. And our guest is Steve Atkinson, rabble rouser. Uh, we'll be back. Steve's on the board of Equality Texas. Let's talk a little bit about what they're up to. Hi, this is Candy Markham, and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Listen. And Candy will be with us in just, I think, two weeks. Two weeks. Yes. Um, our guest is Steve Atkinson. He's been running some protests at the Arboretum. Uh, but I want to go on a little bit. You're on the, you're the chair of the Equality Texas foundation board yes yeah we have two boards a c3 we have a c3 and a c4 which we need to do because of doing political lobbying and all that can be done by a c4 but not by a c3 so um c3 focuses like on education right. that that sort Fundraising of raising and on. basically it, it it's everything to support the work of the c4 essentially including fundraising and education and you know all sorts of programming and stuff so here's my Big, broad question. Uh, legislatures around the country uh, this year, our legislature last year, are passing uh, laws that are restricting abortion, uh, violating Roe v. Wade. Um, Alabama is in the forefront and, and Florida is in the forefront of passing legislation that restrict uh, a, a um, Supreme Court ruling last year that gave us employment non-discrimination. What's the name of that case? Pavan. I'm blank. Yeah. It's Pavan. P-A-V-O-N. That's the case. Um, I don't think it's the Pavan case, but it's okay. I'm, to the Google. 
<laughs> okay, well, Patty is doing the Google. Um, certainly, uh, the next target is the gay community and the Obergefell decision. What is Equality Texas up to to make sure that those marriage rights and equality rights that that Supreme Court decision has given us? Yeah, that's a good question. And Equality Texas, um, you know, the work of Equality Texas is constant. There's, uh, in many years past, it's, it would be more typical that in a, a non-legislative session year, we get a little bit of a breather, the onslaughts would slow down a little bit. That hasn't even happened uh, since the last legislative session. I and mean, we have things like uh, the governor and attorney general's attacks on you know, trans kids' health care and all of those related issues. That's ongoing, and we're fighting against that right now. We have the lieutenant governor stating that they're going to. Uh, he's going to be damn sure that he works hard to get a don't say gay bill passed. He wants one of those. Just he's like, very proud of that one. Very proud of that. Um, and without a doubt, there's going to be legislation filed to your point about uh, you know, seeking to hack away at the rights of marriage uh, for those of us who are same-sex couples and married. Um, you know, I think it's a dangerous thing for anybody to think that any bundle of rights are secure forever, right? Right. I mean, Roe v. Wade was... 40 years ago? 50. 50. 50, 50, yes, 50, gosh. I'm showing my age, but nothing seems to me like as long ago as it possibly uh, as it has been. But um, So for 50 years, you know, you it's a right, and now it's rapidly uh, going away. Uh, it has gone away in Texas. Yeah, and, uh, and in other states. And it very well may go away by the Supreme Court. That's to be determined, God forbid, if it happens. But... but um, you know, so anyone who would assume that marriage equality is safe forever and ever, amen, is foolish. That's a foolish assumption. And even if the Supreme Court doesn't ever make a ruling that takes it away fully, it's a given that state legislatures, including ours for sure in Texas, and members of Congress will continue to push to pass pieces of legislation that will hack away at our rights that we get with marriage, that they don't have to be recognized in certain ways by certain institutions, they don't, insurance companies don't have to recognize, you know, there's all, a whole host of ways where they could, they literally could take away all of the rights and benefits with it still being legal quote unquote for us to walk in and get married right right what good does that do if you don't have any of the legal benefits and protections and, and and all of those things that that come with marriage right and they would there's plenty of people that would be thrilled to take that away so equality texas's work is as crucial now as ever it's no less important now than it was 40 years ago um and you know i encourage everyone to to follow the work of Equality Texas. If you're not on our email list, go to the website and get on that email list because it's the best single source of uh, way to keep you informed of, of happenings, including all of the things we're talking about. Um, you know, the, the next legislative, le legislative session starts in January of next year. That's not that far away. The bill filing starts two months before. We're going to blink and it's going to be the time of this year when the pre-filing a bill mm -hmm. starts happening. And all of these kinds of things, including bills that will take away rights of marriage, are going to be filed. You know, they, obviously the, the largest target of the hateful legislation that we had to fight off in the last lead sessions, plural, because we had so the, many, so many, <laughs> the special sins on top of the regular session. Um, the largest bulk of those targeted trans people and uh, specifically a whole bunch of them trans kids and their health care, their ability to play sports, all of those things that we, we know we had to fight off. And it was, I think the number got up to 76 bills that were anti-LGBTQ that were filed. And that is by a huge measure, a record for one year for any state in this country, period. By a long way. Like, I think the next, I, I'm not going to remember the number, but another state one year had like 20, 28 filed or something. And even if the Supreme Court doesn't <coughs> ever make a ruling that takes it away fully, it's a given that state legislatures, including ours for sure in Texas, and members of Congress will 
continue to push to pass pieces of legislation that will hack away at our rights that we get with marriage, that they don't have to be recognized in certain ways by certain institutions, they don't, insurance companies don't have to recognize, you know, there's all, a whole host of ways where they could, they literally could take away all of the rights and benefits with it still being legal quote unquote for us to walk in and get married right right what good does that do if you don't have any of the legal benefits and protections and and, and all of those things that that come with marriage right and they would there's plenty of people that would be thrilled to take that away so equality texas's work is as crucial now as ever it's no less important now than it was 40 years ago um and you know i encourage everyone to to follow the work of Equality Texas. If you're not on our email list, go to the website and get on that email list because it's the best single source of uh, way to keep you informed of, of happenings, including all of the things we're talking about. Um, you know, the, the next legislative, le legislative session starts in January of next year. That's not that far away. The bill filing starts two months before. We're going to blink and it's going to be the time of this year when the pre-filing a bill mm -hmm. starts happening and all of these kinds of things including bills that will take away rights of marriage are going to be filed you know they obviously the the largest target of the hateful legislation that we had to fight off in the last ledge sessions plural because we had so the, many so many <laughs> the special sessions on top of the regular session um the largest bulk of those targeted trans people and uh, uh, specifically a whole bunch of them trans kids and their health care their ability to play sports all of those things that we we know we had to fight off and it was uh, i think the number got up to 76 bills that were anti-lgbtq that were filed and that is by a huge measure a record for one year for any state in this country period by a long way like i think the next I, i'm not going to remember the number but another state one year had like 20 28 filed or something you know, and and so it's the onslaught's going to continue, and they're uh, they're they feel emboldened a lot of them. I mean, mm -hmm. Dan Patrick thinks it's a winning a winning thing for him to say we're going to pass a don't say gay bill. He thinks that's a good damn thing for him to be. Well, doing. it fixes the electric grid, uh, right? <laughs> well, uh, I, school funding it fixes school everything. Funding, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I hearken back to what um, what we know is true on in in terms of of how the the right talks about their targeting people of color as well um to say oh we're going back to jim crow we're talking about jim crow 2.0 and stuff and the right wing would say no we can't that can't happen because it would be unconstitutional <laughs> well you know let's wake up folks because the amendments to the constitution that guarantee equality um, existed in the time of Jim Crow. That's right. So to say, well, that can't happen because it's against the Constitution is a bunch of crap. Absolutely. They can absolutely chink away at every every little um, piece of equality until there is none. That's right. And um, and 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 they can still say, oh well, we can't. That's that's not happening because the Constitution doesn't allow that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it can well, happen. And, and on a related uh, point, or another way that they they have been and will continue to go about trying to do exactly that, is all of these things where they 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 call them religious refusal. You know, I, I prefer the term, you know, license to discriminate. Right. And, you know, there was a, a, one extreme example of that that was filed in the Texas legislative session is one that would have let would have allowed any health care worker to refuse to treat a person who's LGBTQ based on their religious beliefs. Right. So literally, if that bill passed, it would have provided protections for Example, an EMT person shows up at a house, and, and it's a matter of life and death, and the person's going to die if the EMT doesn't provide the necessary care, whatever that may be, or get them to the hospital fast enough or whatever. And the EMT could say, no, nah, gay, don't want to touch him, let him die. Trans person, no, nah, don't, don't want to mess with that, just let that person go. We'll call somebody else. They literally want to pass legislation to do that. So, yes, the... Technically, the Constitution forbids discrimination 
but they find clever ways to get around it, right? Oh, and, and, constantly. You know, and, and the okay, so here's one. Here's one clever one that I was reading recently. Somebody on who is right wing has conceded they lost on marriage. So let's create this other institution, and by definition, it's a man marrying a woman. And we'll give that new institution all the rights of marriage. We'll strip all the rights from marriage. So if they want to get married, let them get married. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's another way of just displacing it. Uh, by, I mean, but that's no different than, than Abbott saying, well, I'm going to eliminate rape. Right. You know, like, like, well, what are you going to do? Say it's not a crime anymore? Right. That's what they would be able to do. Say marriage isn't marriage anymore. It's something else. Um, you know, just, just change the goalposts is really what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's no different. And they're not doing it just on, to us. They're doing it on race. I mean, there's the story now coming out of Florida where they, they – uh, rejected 41% of math textbooks in the state because they said it was they were teaching critical race theory. Oh my god. You know like like and I loved a tweet I saw about this is this was it the equality sign? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know like what what about a math outlaw the equal sign. Exactly. Remind me to ask uh, Laron when he's here next week about black math. Black math, yeah. <laughs> It's um, you know it's a problem in Florida apparently. Apparently it is. Um, so the, the the bigotry is just um, in all caps, underlined, bolded, and italicized. And, and I think we need to um, be bold with calling it hate and bigotry. Mm-hmm. I do I mean, too. If someone's sitting by, planning, plotting, scheming to figure out how to take away the, the rights that you and your wife or my husband and me or any other same-sex couple has because they just want them taken away. That's just hate. Mm-hmm. Our rights are not affecting anybody else. They're not hurting or harming anyone else, right? A, a trans kid's parents deciding to let that trans kid get appropriate medical care is not hurting anyone else, right? It's doing a good job at parenting and giving your child the support that the child needs, right? So, that, but these, I, it's it's just as mind-boggling to me that people actually sit back and plot and scheme this stuff because of hate. There's no other to me that there's no other. Yeah, prove us that's, wrong. That's what it is. Yeah, Pro- yeah prove me wrong. Prove me yeah, wrong. The- prove me how you're being hurt by these things you want to take away from us. Mm-hmm. So seriously that you need to take away my right. rights right. to remedy your hurt. Right. You know, which is which is just insane to me. And the same with women's rights. It's like, leave it to me and trust women to make decisions for themselves so that we have agency and we have bodily autonomy. Right. Whereas the state, this government cannot take that away from you, which is what they're what they're what they're desperately wanting. But not when it comes to face masks. Right. You know, I mean, like. All these things, it's just... It's infringing on my right if you're forcing me to wear a face mask, though, Patty. Well, so, so please stop. It's, 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 it's not going to stop, all of this stuff. But I want to come back to... You're forcing the, me to get a vaccine so that I don't die. How dare you do that to right. me? <laughs> um, well, we, we talked about, like, the filing deadline, or, or the filing can begin for bills in, like, December... Um, but the month prior to that is election day, yep. and if you if you're if you're listening, that's a great opportunity to to maybe try to put a stop. Because yeah, I, I don't. Because quite frankly, I I think when people when when people vote for the politicians that support this kind of crap, um, they're no different than the politicians supporting it. Like you're doing right. nothing to stop it. That's right. You're doing. You had an opportunity to do something. How dare you call yourself an ally? Right. How dare you? Um, when you allow that to continue to happen. That's exactly right. Um, and you could. What privilege for you to sit by and watch it happen and to say, "Oh, I'm against that," when you don't do anything and you right. had a, you had an opportunity to. So, you know, that's that's going to be coming up. Even quicker yes. <laughs> than the bill filings. Well, until you're, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, every election matters, and anyone who's not voting and 
being educated about candidates and being sure that they cast ballots for the people who are going to protect our rights is not doing what they should do, in my opinion. Um, and it's more than our rights. We're talking about everybody's everyone's rights. Everyone's rights, right. Because I mean, everybody I, has a sexual orientation. Right. Everybody has a race. It's protecting everybody's rights. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And, you know, and the, the, the hatefulness is just, is, sadly, is not going to stop, right? I mean, that you know, the th- things like the anti-abortion, you know, bills that have been passed here and in other places that don't even have an exception for rape or incest. Right. You know, which, and don't even get me started on the hypocrisy because I don't believe for a second that any lawmaker who passed that law who has a 14-year-old daughter who gets raped and impregnated would force that, her to have the baby. They take her and get an abortion. That's what, I, I believe that. I There's believe that too. There's so much hypocrisy in all of this. And, and it's, and so hateful, right? And, um, and it, quite frankly, it goes against my religion. In Judaism, there are several instances where a person is uh, required to have that abortion. Uh, somebody I went to school with, she um, had moved to Israel, and uh, she contracted cancer, and she was pregnant, and they could not do the chemotherapy that was needed to be done while she was pregnant, and she had to have that abortion. It, it was not a choice. It just goes against my religion. And to me, it's it's about a person's choice. And if you wouldn't make that decision for someone you don't even know, right? Um, then don't make it for me. And I I have just as much right to make my decisions about my body and my life. And you need to stay out of my life. Exactly. You know, like, and I look at some of these, especially women. I can't tell you how. You know, being the only woman in the room right now, how it burns me up when another woman gets on the bandwagon of, no, you need to let some, you know, old white guys in Austin decide what you should do with your body and mandate it by law. I'm like, you don't, you don't, I don't even consider you part of, part of womanhood at this point. You don't belong at all because that's, that's insane. Well, and you know, you, Patty mentioned the elections, and, and it's so, so important. And, you know, and we, we could talk about elections and many races all day long, and we don't have time for that. But I would just point out that one, one biggie at the top of the ballot in this state that matters that could happen is electing Beto as governor. And that would be such a, a win for equality, for women's rights, for all the electing Beto as governor wouldn't fix everything immediately. But it sure as hell would help us stop the onslaught, right? He has the power of the veto as governor, right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's one thing we don't endorse here. Uh, you're just talking about his positions. Yes. It's, well, sorry. Yes, it's his positions. Yes. But look at look at Abbott. He doesn't have a law that says that he can send CPS inspectors to do investigations into homes. He made it up, right? Because Ken Paxton made it up. He based it on nothing what except his own hate and bigotry. And I'm calling it that. It's his own hate yep. and bigotry. It's not the American Medical Association. It's not the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics. It's not the American Psychological Association. It's not any of those those medical professionals telling him that he needs to go um, criminalize pharmaceutical companies and parents of kids. They made that up. So, so with a different governor in place, that kind of stuff wouldn't be made up out of whole cloth. Right. And we are just about out of time. Patty, thank you for... Um, Railing here at the end? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, Steve, thanks for being here. Thank you for thank having you, me. Thank you, Steve. And we'll, see, great to be with you. we'll see you at the next protest at the Arboretum, yes. which is May... May 1st, which is a Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, we won't see you there because we'll be here, Patty. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but I'll keep going for the first part. Yeah. And then, you know, come on over here. That's right. You live over in that area. I do. And when you start the show, you can tell anybody that's close enough to get there to get there. (laughs) (laughs) For all of us here at Lambda Weekly, have a happy Easter, have a happy Passover, have a happy Ramadan, and we'll see you next week.